All right, let's uh, turn to Jude. Jude, Jude. I didn't say Judy. I said Jude. All right. Jude. All right. And we'll read these well-known verses, 20 through 23. Say this in the Word of God. Jude, verses 20 through 23. Say, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And some have compassion, making a difference, and others say with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Let's pray. Father, again, Lord, we glory in you. And uh, Lord, as we think about the song that was just sung, each one of us would truly have to say, who am I? Lord, we are so thankful that you tasted death for every man. Lord, we thank you for the day that we found that out and realized not just that you died and were buried and rose again the third day, but you died for me, shed your blood for me, was buried and rose again the third day for me personally. And each of us can say that and thank God for those of us that have accepted that by faith. And Lord, we pray if there's somebody here, somebody listening that has not yet understood or received and accepted it personally, Lord, today that through the Word of God and the Spirit of God, and Lord, even the Word perhaps they've already heard, Lord, you would convict and draw them unto you that this day they would accept you as their personal Savior. And Lord, those of us that are saved, Lord, help us ever to be thankful and uh, Lord, help us to have uh, a desire uh, to walk uh, close to you and to desire, uh, dear God, that your will would just be the desire and pursuit of our life. Lord, we pray again for the needs among us. We think of uh, uh, the Muxlows. We think of Sister uh, Diane and uh, others with physical need. God, watch over them. We think again of those with financial need. Lord, there's people that need jobs or maybe need a better job or uh, there's people, God, that need to make uh, important decisions in their life. Lord, please uh, help them. And uh, Lord, I pray that uh, those that, uh, Lord, they've just had a good week in you. Help them just to give them what they need to keep on keeping on and to stay faithful. Lord, we thank you for the faithfulness of your people that are here today. And thank you for those that are listening in. Lord, we thank you, as we've mentioned already, some of the things that have uh, happened recently for watching over. Lord, I thank you for watching over my wife and watching over Sister Wendy and Brother Mark and uh, others, dear God, that are out and about. Thank you for your safety. And Lord, we don't want to take that lightly. Uh, Lord, thank you for those that had procedures and uh, surgeries and things, Lord, uh, being with them and uh, uh, meeting that need. Lord, we think of uh, the Thomas's uh, niece, uh, Jennifer. Lord, uh, touch her right now. Lord, I pray for that family. Lord, uh, please uh, help them and Donald and Donna and Mike and others, dear God. We commit these to you. We commit this time to you. And Lord, again, Lord, lift up the Lord Jesus Christ that he would be glorified. In his name we pray, amen. Of course, uh, our desire as Christians, uh, of course, is to be Christ-like. Amen. He's our example. I thank God for some uh, 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 good uh, people. I thank God for the good uh, people that he's brought in my life to be an example. You know, you've heard me talk about uh, many of my, the men that God has brought into my life and uh, set an example for me. Brother Moyer, he's one that I've known him almost 30 years. 
man, I think I was in kindergarten. He was in high school at the time. And, uh, but, you know, he's been an example uh, uh, to me. Uh, many of you here have been an example to me. And I'm thankful that. But, of course, our great example is Christ, and we want to be Christ-like. And, of course, uh, as uh, believers, we got to uh, deal with people in the world. That's one reason we're here. But we have that struggle, that balance between hating sin but loving the sinner. Hating sin but loving the sinner. We live in a world, right, of uh, things that, uh, you know, trouble us or should trouble us. I'll say that. Things that should trouble us, right? And uh, there's some things that uh, should, of course, you know, uh, often make us uh, angry perhaps as Christians. But the Bible says it is possible to be angry and sin not. Sometimes it's trouble. I have trouble finding, finding, finding that uh, balance, you know. Sometimes we look at the hole in the wall, we say, oh, blew that one, right? <laughs> blew that one, all right? But uh, the Lord will help us. So, but when we come uh, to these uh, verses here, all right, of course, everybody thinks of verse uh, 22 and some have compassion uh, uh, making a, a, a difference. But, of course, uh, there's a, a, what we want to do, guidelines of that. We want to make a difference. We want to be difference makers, right? The Lord made a difference in our life, and boy, are we uh, thankful. And he left us here to be used to him, to be a tool in his hand, to make a difference in other lives. So let's look at these verses now. Notice how uh, verse 20 starts, but ye beloved. Hey, aren't you glad, amen, that you are loved this morning? By the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I think uh, Brother Horn talked a little bit about uh, that last night, but it's, notice what it says. Building up yourselves on your most holy faith. A lot of times we think about faith, but we forget it's to be a holy faith. How? Praying in the Holy Ghost. Notice that word, <laughs> building. We need to remember, right, that as Christians, we are in the spiritual construction business, right? Have <laughs> you ever been in the construction business uh, uh, person? But we're all in the spiritual construction business. And one of the things we have to build is ourselves, allow ourselves to be built. Let me uh, turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And uh, be reminded of these great verses here about uh, being, uh, being uh, built and uh, built up, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, beginning in verse uh, uh, 9, says this, For we are laborers together with God. Boy, that's a, that's a blessing. You know what? I'm glad that not only I get to come to church with you, but I'm glad I get to labor with you in service to the Lord. Thank you for being my fellow laborer, right? Together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Here it is. Ye are God's building according to the grace of God, which is given to us as a wise master builder. He says, I have laid the foundation, another builder thereon. But let, notice this, let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. Notice how he buildeth thereon. Personal responsibility, personal accountability, right, for your spiritual condition. We've talked about that, spirit, personal accountability. Well, we have personal accountability on the spirit, in our spiritual condition. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. That's what happened the day you got saved. That foundation was laid, 
right? Jesus Christ came into your life. The foundation was laid. And so uh, from that time, there was a responsibility to build, right? And to move on and up from that foundation. Now, if any man build upon this uh, foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, stay, hey, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, right? One day the Lord's going to examine our building, right? Uh, uh, a lot of times when something's built, the inspector has to come by, all right? Make sure everything was done right. Every man's work shall be made manifest for the day shall declare it. Because, look at that, the day shall declare it. There's a day. We're going to answer for all this. Because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, notice again, he hath built thereupon, he shall receive reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so is by fire. Thank God we can't lose it, lose the salvation. But hey, I, listen, I'm glad I can't lose my salvation, but you know what? Hey, if I'm down here serving the Lord for 10, 20, 30, 40 years, you know what? I don't want to lose that either. <laughs> I want to keep it all. I want to keep my salvation, and I want to keep all the blessings that come with serving the Lord and walking with him. But again, notice those words at the end of verse 10. Let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. You have a personal responsibility for your spiritual condition. Ephesians 2.20 mentions about bidding, right? Talking about we are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Acts 20 verse 32 says this, and now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up, right, through his word and give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. Colossians uh, 2, 7 says this, root up and build up, right? Root up and build up. Uh, yesterday, uh, got to help uh, replant some trees, right? My, my wife likes persimmons. Remember that cartoon? Persimmons, right? <laughs> persimmons. And uh, 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 Joseph and his wife used to bring my wife some from a tree, their neighbor's tree. And now somebody else moved into the house and they didn't want those persimmon trees. And so I asked if we want them. And so we went over there and uh, we uh, dug them up. Uh, uh, Brother uh, uh, Moyer and Brother Joseph. And man, I'll tell you, Robert was a good helper. But they said, hey, make sure you get that. What would what, what you call that root? The the tap root, right? That's the one that went deep, right? That was the one that was, that was the main root there, right? He said, make sure you get those roots. Got to be careful. And so when they were pulling out, we saw some of those roots. And Robert, right, my helper there, he helped me cut those roots. He said, but be careful with that one, right? You got to make sure you get those roots because, right, we're going to replant this thing. And if you want it to uh, uh, get in good and continue to grow, you got to watch those roots, Right, and that's for us. We got to make sure we're rooted, but and then build up in Him. And here he is established in the faith, as you've been taught, abounding therein with thanks uh, given. And so uh, that is an important thing there. So we go back here and we see our responsibility of building up yourselves. And so it talks about uh, through the Word of God, but here, right, it tells us of one of the most personal and valuable ways we can build ourselves up in the faith. And how is that? Praying in the Holy Ghost. 
Prayer should not just be a little routine. Hey, uh, I'm glad, listen, Baptists, we don't have uh, prayer books, right? We don't have little memorized prayers. Prayer is a wonderful thing. It's a serious thing, and it matters how we do it. We all know, oh, don't forget, you know, we always say something if people don't use the name of Jesus, right? Oh, yeah, you always hear those politicians, they'll say God, but you won't hear them say, say Jesus. Well, we make a big deal out of praying in the name of Jesus, and we should. I like to hear it when somebody's before a crowd publicly and says, in the name of Jesus, right? And we, we don't take that lightly if uh, uh, people are ashamed to use the name of Jesus when they pray. But we make a big deal out of that. But do we make a big deal about when we're using the name of Jesus, about when we're praying in the name of Jesus? We're praying in the Holy Ghost. I mean, that is what prayer is, right? Prayer is to God the Father. Oh, yeah, I know who I'm praying to. I know whose name I'm claiming when I pray. But are we making a big deal about what we're supposed to be praying in? We're supposed to be praying in the Holy Ghost, right? We're giving ourselves, build ourselves up, praying in the Holy Ghost, right? And again, of course, that has nothing to do with tongues and all that type of things, right? But listen, we are to pray in the Holy Ghost because when we got saved, thank God, the day we got saved, the Holy Ghost took up residence within, for 2 Timothy 1.14 says this, Paul talking to them, that good thing which was committed unto thee, keep by the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in us. Amen. Thank God. That's one of the great things about being on this side of Calvary, that right, the Holy Ghost indwells us now. It took up permanent residence when we got saved. So the Holy Ghost is always on hand when we pray. He's always on hand when we pray, but we need to make sure he's joining in with us. Hey, well, I'm glad you're here today. Yeah, I'd like you to join me in prayer. That's how we ought to be about the Holy Ghost. He's always there. I mean, hey, since you're hanging around, I'd sure like you to join me as I pray to my Heavenly Father and as I pray in the name of my beloved Savior, I sure like to ask you, Holy Ghost, you know, a lot of times we skip over him as a person, the Holy Ghost, right? He's a person and he likes to be personal and he likes to get in on a good prayer meeting. Boy, when he gets in on a good prayer meeting, it's a good prayer meeting, amen? And that's how, that's how we want it to be. Ephesians 6, 18 says this, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. You know, Romans 8 speaks about praying in the Holy Ghost. You know, again, Romans 8, 28, one of the most uh, misused words in the Word of God, that Romans 8, 28 is a verse about praying in the Holy Ghost. It is a verse. It is a prayer verse. It's not just a band-aid about everything that goes wrong in somebody's life. And you just go up there and try to sound spiritual. Well, amen, you know, everything. Yeah, that's right. You know, we just throw it out there. You got to get the context. Romans 8, 26 begins, likewise, the Spirit. There it is. Right there, you want to find the context of Romans 8, 28? It begins right there in verse 26, in the Spirit, right? Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth us with our infirmities. What a wonderful thing. The Holy Spirit is there to help you in your infirmities, to help you in your prayer. Listen, God, I want you to help me with this need and that need, right? Well, listen, the Holy Ghost wants to help you pray for this need and that need help our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as 
We ought. You know, every time something goes wrong, and a lot of times when people come to me and they share something with me, I, one of my, one of my uh, favorite lines to say is this, not just in a routine way, is this. Well, here's the great thing. God has a will in every situation. God has a will in every situation. We just need to find out what that will is. We just, but you know what? Before we know what it is, right? We don't have to know what it is before we surrender to it. Because what? We trust God. We know our God is good. We know he loves us. We know he cares about it. So I don't have to know the will of God before I can surrender to it. I go to prayer and I say, God, you have a prayer in this situation. And whatever that is, I know it's good. Whatever that is, I know it's best. Whatever that is, I know it's going to be to my benefit. And I trust you with it. And you know what? I'm, uh, I'm going to go ahead and surrender to it, whatever that is. And I'm glad, I'm glad when he reveals it to me. Amen. But that's what it says. For we know not what we should pray about, but the spirit. There it is again. Itself, the Spirit itself, the Holy Spirit of God, the person of the Holy Spirit, right, wants to be in your prayer, make it intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. Boy, show that next time you're arguing with somebody about tongues, it says right there, can't be uttered. <laughs> All right, that's a good one. He that searcheth the hearts knoweth. There it is. He that searcheth the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit. You see, this Holy Spirit's own person there, the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for us, what? According to the will of God. That is why I don't know the will of God. Sometimes in my flesh, you're right, I want to do my own thing. So that's why I need to get in the Spirit. That's why I need to pray in the Spirit. So I'm ready to yield to God's will. So I can pray in God's will and I'm ready to surrender to whatever that will is. Right. And he that searches hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And then look, and we know. We know. What do we know? We may not know what that will is, but this is what we do know. We know that all things work together for good to those that what? Prayed in the Spirit and surrendered to God. Spirit, you know the will. God, you have a will. Holy Spirit, you know that will. And whatever that is, I know it's what's going to be best for me. And because we're surrendered to that and you have that, we know all things work together for good to them that what? Love God. Love God. You see, what is that telling you? People, how do, do you love God? Well, are you surrendered to his will? Do you love God. Do you want to know his will? Do you feel that his will in every situation is the best thing for you? Well, that's good evidence that you love God. So how does it work out? To them to love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. So, Lord, you've laid a foundation in my life. I want to grow. I want to build on that foundation. I want to be a strong witness and a strong testimony. And, Lord, how can I do that? That when I go to prayer, amen, I pray in the Holy Ghost, I surrender to the Holy Ghost, and I trust God with his will whatever that might be in every situation. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Then he goes on and gives another uh, word of instruction. So building up, and then next it says keep. Keep yourselves 
in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. All right, we got Valentine's Day coming up. That word keep is this. It means to guard like a prisoner. That's what that word means. It means locked up and secure. That's what it means, locked up and secure. So what is it saying? Right? Lock yourselves up into, secure yourselves in the love of God. I like these verses in Philemon. In Philemon 9, Paul said this, Yet for love's sake, I rather beseech thee, being such and one as Paul the age, and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Right? He realized that he was in, when he was in prison, that even in prison, he was in the will of God. But it goes on. I like there in verse 9, it says, of Jesus Christ. But in Philemon 23, this is really a verse. Uh, listen to this. There salute the Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus. Not only was he a prisoner of Christ Jesus, he was a prisoner in Christ Jesus. You see, uh, his body was a prisoner of, uh, for Jesus Christ's sake, right? His body was put in prison because he preached the gospel. So in that sense, he was a prisoner of Jesus Christ. But listen, so his body was locked up, amen, for preaching about Jesus. But then his heart, his soul, his will, his desires were locked up in Christ Jesus, right? And because he was surrendered to the will of God. So the Bible teaches us this, lock yourself up securely in the love of God. Where do I want to be? I want to be locked up in the love of God. We say, oh, what? I love Jesus, right? We say, well, why? Because he first loved me. Well, one reason I love Jesus is because I'm in the love of God. That's why I love Jesus. You see, John 3, 18 says this, my little children... Let us not love in word, neither tongue, but in deed and in truth. You see, I want to love God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, but I can only love him that way through his love. As a human, I don't have the capacity to love God the way I should. So I need God even to love God. <laughs> I need to be in his love even to love him. So in the love of God, I can only love God properly through his love. I can only love my spouse properly through his love. I can only love my brothers and sisters properly through his love. I can only love souls, as it teaches me in these other verses, through his love. It takes his love to even love him the way I should and to love anyone else the way I should. Boy, people do stuff to you. Man, how can you keep loving them? How can you keep caring about them? Well, because I have an unconditional love that dwells inside me. <laughs> I, as Jeff Stewart, don't have an unconditional love, but I have an unconditional love that indwells me and flows through me. And that gives me the capacity to love beyond, right, any limited human nature. So I find myself having trouble loving someone. You having trouble loving someone? Well, you might want to ask yourself, right, if I'm having trouble loving someone the way I should love, that lets me know that maybe I'm not keeping myself 
in the love of God. Well, you don't know them. I know I don't, but God does. <laughs> but God does. He knows. And so uh, uh, we have that ability. So we see those commandments. One, building up yourselves, right, in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Two, keeping yourselves in the love of God. Let's come down to verse uh, 22, the well-known verse among these, and says this, and some have compassion, making a difference. And that's why God left us down here to be difference makers. What does that word compassion mean? This, compassion is not simply feeling for one's misfortune. Oh, look at that poor person. Look at their condition. Boy, that's, that's sad, right? That's not true compassion. True compassion, that's pity. True compassion is this, not simply feeling for one's misfortune when you see someone with misfortune, but also having an active desire to remove them from that present misery or condition. You see, everything about God is active. (laughs) His love is active. God commended his love toward us, right? His love was active. He went to the cross, right? He showed his love. It was active, right? He was, the Bible says about Jesus, he was moved with compassion, active. And so if we really have a heart of compassion, right, it's gonna, we're gonna be active. We're gonna be people that are active. There are people out there looking for a heart with compassion. When I think about some of the, the people I know uh, with great compassion, uh, one, uh, I think of Sister, Sister Moyer. She just ha- happens to be here this morning. She, I've known her almost 30 years. And I can't think of Sister Moyer without thinking that is somebody who loves to do stuff for people. Always wanting to help somebody. Always willing to give a helping hand. She doesn't just look and say, oh, Look at that sad situation. Look at those people without coats or look at that person without this. Or, I mean, she helps in the, the, the uh, was it the food kitchen at her church and all that. Every time she's always collecting something, always, oh, I'm running here, I'm running there. Hey, um, you know, I, when, I, when I go to her house, I'm going to be honest with you. To me, she, I think she makes the best uh, pancakes and uh, uh, waffles in the world. She makes them all natural. She grinds and stuff herself. It's really good. And I'm thinking, man, I'm at the Moyer's house. Hey, Sister Moyer, are we going to have uh, uh, pancakes in the morning? Uh, sorry, I got to leave at 7 o'clock to go uh, uh, get, uh, get some food for the food kitchen or something. like. But I'm right here. I'm right here. Have some compassion. Get into action. Get that griddle going, right? Let's get into action. All right, let's see that, some of that compassion. That's what I'm thinking. She's like, well, now there's people out there that are, sorry, Jeff, they're in worse condition uh, than you. Besides, you need to, you know, okay, we'll leave that alone, right? We'll leave that alone. Thanks a lot, sister, so much for compassion. But no, but the, the, they're people of compassion. I have, hey, people in our church, hey, I'm, I, I'm doing this for somebody, I'm doing that for somebody. You see, they're not just seeing the condition, they're moved to action, and they want to do something about it. So you want to know if you have a compassionate heart? Are you moved to action and to do something to help somebody in their situation? I think of this is a good story in Mark where the, the man brings the, the, his son before Jesus. He says this. You see, there are people out there looking for a heart with compassion, not just say, oh, well, sorry, you're in that condition. Oh, by the way, have a nice day. Right? Mark 9, 17 says this. And one of the multitude answered, said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son with a dumb spirit. And it says in verse 22, and oftentimes he cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, he said, if you can do anything about this, what does he ask for? Have compassion. 
because he understood that compassion, true compassion, involved action, involved, amen, making a decision, true compassion on us and help us. You see, the cry of the world is for someone to care. And most people out there think nobody cares. Well, you know, I remember when, I, when, I, when I moved to Bulgaria, it took me two weeks to get my stuff uh, through customs because they couldn't believe that I, we were moving there. Hey, uh, you, you want to, I want to go to America. Why do you, you want to come here? We want to come here and help you people. You want to go? No. You want to help us? Take us to your country. This helps us. Uh, take us to your country. Right? Uh, charter a plane. Yeah, that's what they wanted. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. You know, and people that, you know, they can't believe that somebody, you know, hey, when they find out that, that uh, somebody really cares, that's what, that's what they want. God has put in our hand, if we're saved, we're walking in the Spirit, filling the Spirit, praying in the Spirit, right? Uh, walking in the love of God. God has put in our hand and he's put in our hearts the ability to make a difference in people's lives. We think, oh, it, 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 it takes, a, takes a lot of money. No, it takes a lot of action is what it takes. It takes a lot of action. It takes a lot of praying in the Holy Ghost. It takes a lot of the love of God flowing through you. That's what it takes uh, to make a difference in people's lives. To make, a you know, the first time we got kicked out of Bulgaria, we, oh, if I can talk about it, we lived on the eighth floor. Remember, we got kicked out when they went communist. The last time I, I walked out of that apartment on the eighth floor in Varna, right, there were eight flights of stairs full of Bulgarians and, and gypsies. Not one of them did I buy a house. Not one of them, right, uh, did I buy a car. Not one of them did I put their kid through college, right? But yet, eight flights of stairs of people standing there with tears in their eyes. That credit goes to the Lord Jesus Christ because only he can give that type of love. Only he can move people to that type of action and knit people's hearts. That's what the Lord does. God has put in our hand as believers. God has put in our hearts as we, the ability. We can make a difference with what God, right? Not, hey, it's good. We know we need to have stuff in the bank account and we were glad we were able to give $1,000. Uh, but, but the reason that $1,000 made a difference is because, right? Because not just because of what you gave with your hand, but because of what was in your heart, but because of what was in the Moyer's heart, because of what was in Stephanie's heart, because of what was in other people's heart, they were moved with compassion and they went into action. That's why a difference was made. You made a difference in somebody's life this week because you, you made that meal or you took that meal or you made that phone call or you, went, you made that hospital visit. What? You made a difference because you went into action to help somebody. God, you see, helping people, of course, is not always convenient. It's not always convenient. But it is a blessing to be used of the Lord, making a difference. That, that word difference means to separate, to separate completely. That's what it means. That word difference means to separate completely. So this is what it's saying when you're moved with compassion, making a difference. How did you make a difference? A difference is made when you're able to help someone separate from their present condition to a better condition. 
right? What was their present condition? They didn't have a meal. How'd you make a difference? <laughs> you gave them a meal. They're no longer in the condition they were. You went out there, you knocked on somebody's door, you gave them a gospel. When you knocked on that door, they were lost in their sin. They were without hope. They were on their way to hell, but they, you brought them the gospel. They got saved. And when you left, they were born again. They were a child of God. They'd been washed in the blood, a different, they were no longer in the condition they were when you first knocked on that door. You made a difference. So you had compassion. Let's finish up with verse 23. Now there it talks about compassion and others say with fear. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, we always want to be the nice guy. But you know what? Nice isn't always just saying something kind and lovely. It's saying the truth, speaking the truth in love. And so here it uses save with fear, pulling them out of the fire. Now notice that thought, pulling them out of fire. That is part of our job. And so we say building yourself up, keeping yourself in the love of God. Remember, it takes strength to pull someone up and out. And God wants to use us to pull people up and out of their present condition. But we have to be strong spiritually. We have to, amen, be built up in the holy faith. No, with fear. That word fear means to flee from terror. People need to understand there are real consequences of sin. Now think about this. If there was no consequence for sin, why would there have to be fear? <laughs> the reason, what do they have to fear? Because there is a real consequence for sin. Uh, Jude talks a lot about the consequences. Of sin. Look at verse 7. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, what? Suffering the vengeance of what? Eternal fire. Eternal fire, it says. There's something to fear because there's a real consequence for sin. If there was no consequence for sin, there would be no fear. And Jude speaks of that. And notice what it says. Pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. That, that word hating implies Ill will in words and conduct. What does that mean? In other words, when I, when, when, I, when I hate the garment even spotted by the flesh, that means I don't just say I hate it, but by my actions, I'm showing I hate it, right? I'm not just saying I hate alcohol, but by my actions, I stay away from it. I don't want to go near it, right? I don't want to be seen with it. So uh, how do I know I hate something? I just don't say it, but my actions show, amen, that I don't even want to be near it. So these verses teach us what I want to do. I want, as a believer, I want to build myself up. I want, my, I want to be as strong of a believer as I can possibly be. And what does that include besides being in the Word? It includes praying in the Holy Ghost and building myself strong, having that close relationship with my Heavenly Father, having that closer. But sometimes we forget, not only are we supposed to have a close relationship with our Heavenly Father, not only are we supposed to have a close relationship with our Savior Jesus Christ, but we need to have a close relationship with the Holy Ghost, right? It's a trinity. And how do we have a close relationship with the Holy Ghost, amen? By letting Him, right, participate in our prayers, praying in the Holy Ghost. I want to build myself up. So I want to be strong as a Christian. 
And then I want to keep myself. I want to keep myself in the love of God. I want to love God the way I'm supposed to love God. I want to love the people that God brings into my life the way I'm supposed to love them as a believer, right? So I want to build myself. I want to keep myself. But remember this, but not for myself. (laughs) It's not about me. Even though, amen, I want me to be strong. I want me to be in the love of God. So I want to build myself. I want to keep myself, but it's not for myself. Why do I want to build myself? Why do I want to keep myself? So that I can properly have compassion, that I can properly make a difference in somebody's life. So I can be a help to someone else along the way. That's what we want. So as we conclude, think about this. We want to understand that we can make a difference in this world if we'll have compassion, not just look and say, oh, that's bad, but be moved to action to make the difference. Again, compassion is having the hurt of others in our hearts, right, that moves us to action. So that the world is crying for compassion, and we need people Right? There's people without Christ. They need someone to care for them and lead them to the Lord. People are hurting, and God's people should be leading the way in showing compassion and being moved to action. We need a desire to spend more time with Christ so that we can right receive His passion for souls so that we can show compassion on those souls. Christ can change you, change us, change me into a caring person as we spend time with him, before him, and that includes praying. One of the the greatest ministries, I think the greatest ministry personally, is having the ability to pray. I I, 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 I don't mean this, whatever. I I just enjoy praying for people. But we, we can all do that. We can all do that. We don't have to come to church to do that. We don't have to go to school to learn how to do that. Where we are at home, we can, amen, be a person of prayer. We can allow the Holy Spirit, amen, to intercede through us, and we can intercede for others. What a great ministry is the ministry of prayer. You know, I think about my my grandfather. When he was 97 years old and he was in that nursing home, he could no longer go out and preach, right, like he used to. But you know what? Every time I went by there, he was always ready to pray. He was always ready to pray. And what a great ministry it is. Christ can change us into a caring person as we spend time with him. He is the greatest example of compassion. And we need to follow that example. So as we pray, Lord, amen, you've laid the foundation in my life. Lord, make me, help me to take heed how I'm building upon that. Amen. By spending time in your word and that thing that we neglect so often, praying, not just in a routine, not just a few words going through our lips, but indeed praying in the Holy Ghost. And then, Lord, keep me in your love that when people meet me, they say, oh, what's the difference? What's the difference? Right. That love, the love of the love of Christ. People can tell the difference when they meet you. And Lord, help me, amen, as I look, amen, not just say, oh, that's so sad, but Lord, to be moved to action. But then, Lord, when I need to be bold, amen, and saved by fear, so to speak, help me not to back away in telling people there's a consequence for sin and they must be born again. Boy, if you're here today and you're listening in and you're not saved, I'm saying there's a consequence for sin. And I'd pray that you come to know the Lord today. Let's pray.